It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says ta-da. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. It is going to bolt in. Welcome to the Sprint Lane, Episode 5. Fantastic to be saying Episode 5. Jess Watkins, Freddie Hastings, welcome back, our regulars on the show. G'day, g'day. It's good to be here. And uh, we're joined by a uh, bit, of, bit of harness racing royalty here in New South Wales, Blake Fitzpatrick, down the end of the, end of the panel. Welcome, Blake. Uh, thanks, Paul. It's great to be on. Mate, it is fantastic to have you. It's, uh, I'll tell you what, it's getting a bit easier, Freddie, to... to to get our, our, our drivers, trainers and, and uh, industry participants to join this show. We must be getting a bit of a reputation out there. Well, I've been telling everyone we're going to give them a Mepro ham and a bottle of Orchie <laughs> like Rex Mossop used to give away on Controversy Corner. Not quite true, Blake. You're going to go without the ham, but it's, it's great to have you on. Free set of steak knives. That's uh, the one. It's been a big week, Freddie. Um, such a big week. Uh, you and I both got haircuts for the occasion. Oh, so big! We got haircuts. <laughs> it's, well, we're we're right into the midst of Breeders' Challenge now. It's it's the the, the pointy end of uh, Breeders' Challenge, and it's as I said, and I've said it many times. It's one of my favourite uh, periods of racing in New South Wales, and. Uh, uh, I, I certainly didn't get the haircut for that. I got the haircut for the podcast show. Yeah, it's fantastic. The live stream, uh, to everyone out there tuning in on the live stream, uh, take a moment to uh, check out the salad on Freddie because it is looking impeccable. Jess, how's your week been? Yeah, pretty good, pretty quiet. Got nice and wet here on Saturday night, which was fun, but no, been pretty quiet. What about you, Blake? Uh, very busy, Paul, back at the stables, and yeah, really thrilled to get through Saturday night under the conditions. It was quite extraordinary, really. The uh, the weather must be just a nightmare when you're when you're trying to prep horses. Uh, you know we're seeing it way too often over the past twelve months. It's not a not a harness racing or a menangle thing. It is just been the way our, our our world has been cursed over the last twelve months. What what sort of um, curveballs is it throwing at you over the, over that time? Oh, it's been extremely difficult for everyone here in this state. Like you said, over the last twelve months, just the preparations for horses. Uh, the tracks, they're constantly um, damaged through these floods that we've received and just the overall, the paddocks and the conditions of your property, it just hasn't had a chance to dry out. So, yeah, it's been probably the hardest 12 months I've had uh, since I've been training horses, that's for sure. The good news is we did manage to get through a full car to racing on Saturday night. We're going to get to it now. As we said, uh, full card on Saturday night, probably against the odds. I, I must admit, I, I, I did have my doubts whether we were going to get through it all. But uh, what we did see was, and we, and we seem to be saying this week on week now, Jess, um, another five-star performance from Cameron Hart. He is obviously the, one of the shining lights of harness racing in the world at the moment. And he put on another exhibition there, four winners, and for four different trainers as well, which is probably another feather in his cap that you can do that and you're stepping outside and going to different stables and delivering. Yeah, he's absolutely on a roll at the moment and the other week we seen him drive five here and then four again on Saturday night and as you just touched on there for four different trainers so he really is getting the cream of the crop to drive here in New South Wales at the moment and well done to Cam. Yeah, it, w- it was outstanding. One of those was Wolf Stride, uh, epic performance holding off Stingray Tara, Freddie. Yeah, look, this is a... An unbelievable horse, and Darren Binskin has done a terrific job with this horse. Uh, uh, he's earned over $550,000 in stakes money, remembering he has placed in a, in a miracle mile. Um, he's a multiple Group 1 winner. 
uh, and it's just great to see him back, and he's added another dimension to the fast-class horses in, in the state, particularly those racing here week in and week out. Blake, would it, would it have been wrong to assume that we might have already seen the best of Wolf Stride, and maybe now that Darren's got Wolf Stride that we've got a... We've got a uh, I guess a renaissance period for this uh, for this great horse. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, full credit to Darren. He's really rejuvenated him. And, yeah, he's a horse that's probably been injury-plagued throughout his whole career. And I don't think we've seen the best of him. But, yeah, he's very talented and there's no doubt he'll step up to the top grade. What, what do you think that Wolf Stride – what do you think this campaign looks like for Wolf Stride, Tried Freddie? Oh, look, he'll uh, obviously uh, be aimed up for uh, the, the feature races – you know, early next year, uh, getting into the carnival. He, we know he's a, he's a contender. He's a fast horse. He's proven at that level. Um, but there'll be other races that Darren will pick off between now and the carnival, and uh, no doubt with great success. One that we've talked about a bit on the show over the last few weeks, Jess, is Tay-Tay, and maybe didn't quite deliver up to some of the wraps and some of the market expectations, but Tay-Tay sh- did manage to shake it off. Yeah, she did shake it off, that's for sure, throwing in a bit of the Taylor That's applause right there, there. look at that. (laughs) The dad jokes have started already, Blake. Nice little crisp one there to get us started. Um, That one just came to me, that wasn't in the planning sheet. It's funny where these things come from. Uh, But great battle with Bravia Kelly, um, and that's probably really great form heading into the four-year-old heats of the the Breeders' Challenge as well, Jess. Yeah, I think Fred actually alluded to as they went past the line that we thought it was going to be a race in two and that it was. And we know she's got blistering gate speed, but we see her draw 11 here on Saturday night, so that should be interesting as well. Taking a good look at that at that horse, Black? Yeah, Tay-tay? I've uh, been behind her trying to keep up with her plenty of times, but yeah, her run Saturday night was exceptional to come off Bravey Kelly's back, who's potentially looks mm. like one of our better mares in New South Wales and... To beat her like that was really impressive. So, yeah, I think driven with a Sid, I think she appreciated that and she's got an electric turn of foot. Yeah, I, I was keeping an eye on that, um, on that race and from home uh, on the coverage and uh, I could add everything I own on Bravia Kelly and I, I, I thought that was a really, really gutsy performance from Tay-Tay Freddie. Well, she's proven that she can mix it not just with her own sex, but she was very good through the carousel Placing in that, she was a Group Three winner before that. She's a she's a quality race mare, Tay Tay, and um, I look forward to the battles that that both those mares are going to have as we get deeper into the carnival and through the Breeders' Challenge, and then factor in some of the other terrific race mares that are racing at the moment. By gee, uh, the mares racing is going to be super. Well. We just touched on Breeders' Challenge, and that's in the four-year-olds, but one of the horses that's really lit it up, and one that's come out of out of Goldman for Brad Hewitt, is Captain's Knock. Came to an angle, delivered again. Uh, that was a really strong performance, Jess. Yeah, he looked to really come on from his Breeders' Challenge heat at Penrith the week a few weeks before that, and Brad's got him going super at the moment, and no doubt he'll be primed for this Saturday night semi-finals. Have we got a genuine Breeders' Challenge contender there, Freddie? Oh gee, it's, a it's tough probably one. It's a, a tough category. Last year, yeah. Look, last year it was a bit different. We we had a probably a standout in Byron, and and and, and Ronnie was on you know, to the fore as well. This year it's a little bit different, and there's so many horses. Like we saw Montalbano. Uh, I always subscribe to the theory: always forgive a, a good horse one bad run. It was a bit out of character for him, and I I wouldn't be writing Montalbano off on on his performance the other night. So there's some very good horses, some talent uh, around the two year olds. Dear dear. Do you subscribe to that theory yourself, Blake? Yeah, no, absolutely. He's look. I think Captain's Knock. What I like about him, he's not only is he quick, but he's strong as well, and he can make his own luck in races. And 
Brad Hewitt's got an exceptional record with these young horses. He seems to get one every year. So, yeah, he's definitely one to follow. Yeah. You touched on model barnal, Freddie, uh, and you're right, don't write them off on, on one bait knot, but that wasn't great. No, look, we don't know what went on. You know, that rain was probably at its heaviest at that time, maybe something. I, I, look, I don't know the reason. I haven't spoken to Rick um, but I just know the horse is good enough to not ride off based on what we saw on Saturday. And um, and we've seen breeders challenge races over the years, in particular the two-year-olds, can throw up, um, you know, upsets and, and, and results that are a little out of the norm. So I'm expecting Model Barno will improve. Uh, I've got no doubt about that. Look, if uh, if Lucky Lodge and Robbie Morris got a, got a, a dollar for every time we've mentioned Porter Prince, on this show in five episodes, um, they'd be the richest, uh, richest stable and the richest horse based on based on our credits that we're wrapping up. But but deservedly so, Freddie. Oh, horse has done a great job. It yeah. really has. I mean, it's it's had five starts here. Um, it, it's won a, a carousel, a Group Two carousel, at only its third start in the country. Uh, it's made it four straight wins, and there's a bit to like about him, Blake, because he's got some. Some speed, obviously, yeah. but he's also, and I brought this up with Robbie last week, seems adept at, at 2,300, although Rob said, look, I think he can go just as good at the mile. We saw that on Saturday. Yeah, no, he's very versatile, and, yeah, he couldn't really have done any more than he's done since he's been here in Australia. So, yeah, he's a really good pickup for the stable, and I'm sure we'll be seeing plenty more of him here. Jess, you're an owner. That that would be the dream. Getting a, like, Robbie sat here, what, two weeks ago and, mm-hmm. and said, we're already in front with this horse. Mm. And yeah. it just keeps winning. Oh, absolute dream as an owner. I think it's had it's won four out of its five starts since touching down and a group two victory in that. You can't ask for anything more and I'm sure Connections are having a good ride with him. Tell you a horse that's given Connections a good ride and this is falls into the veteran class now is old Luke. Isabel Ross uh, had a winner here at Menangle with old Luke. That's now over 100k in stakes winnings for a horse that's probably under the radar, a nine-year-old now and just go, going about the business. That was part of a, a, a training double for Amanda Turnbull. She came here and had a winning Metro drive as well. Um, yeah, great to see our regional horses come to the Big Smoke. It was her birthday too, Isabel, on uh, oh, Saturday. So she, she, uh, yeah. Yeah, she, uh, she celebrated a birthday with a win and uh, I spoke to her on, um, on Sky Sports Radio on Sunday morning and she has a real love for, uh, for the horse old Luke, she's, yeah, she's she I think it's four wins she's been part of and driven him in plenty of placings as well. She loves the horse. Yeah, I bumped into her in Yagawa actually and she had one drive and it was old Luke and she spoke very fondly of old yes. Luke. So, g'day Lizzie, if, uh, Izzy, if you're tuning in. Uh, on, she did tell me that she's a listener to the podcast, so thanks for that. Uh, Bruce Harpley had a treble at Wagga on Tuesday, some pretty good odds too there. Uh, speaking of Wagga, the first five races we had – a bit of a music theme. We had Metallica Man, Be My Girl, Dance Edition, Island Rock and Roll, and the horse that ran second in race four was Ideal Dance. Uh, if you're an omen punter, Jess, uh, yeah, might have been something Dancing shoes there. on, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I didn't nice picture you as a fan of Metallica, Jess, but anyway. <laughs> no, yeah, that'd be more my not. go. I was going to say, you and you, <laughs> yeah. what, what was that Metallica. band you listened to 100 years ago? What was that? Well, yes, Caligula. Are you yeah, aware of my fondness for Caligula? No, I'm not. No. Uh, so Caligula with the 90s in his... We've mentioned this a few yes, times on the yeah. show, and we, but yeah. Because it is named... Caligula's named after that yeah, he is, band in, in the... Not, yeah, see, this is... So I thought he was named after the, the Roman Emperor and the, the movie uh, starring Malcolm McDowell way back when, but it's, it's about a band. Yeah. He's named after a band. 
Speaking of Caligula, well, we might as well press you on this. Look, Caligula went through the Inner Dominion last yeah. year. Well, where's Where's Caligula at? Uh, he's he's just took him some time to recover from that Inner Dominion. He just didn't handle the series that well, and he's really a horse now that's just suited to the Mobile Miles. This week, I think he gets into that them conditions here. So, yeah, he's looks a really good hope Saturday. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> one of my favourites. Uh, well, speaking of one that is going well for you, Stars Rain, Blake, you had a winner there at Penrith on Thursday night, $23. Last one in December 21, so nearly 12 months between, between wins. But that must have yeah. been nice, particularly at 23 for the punters who managed to find that one. Yeah, no, he trialled quite well here two weeks ago, so I'm sure someone would have found that. And, um, yeah, he's a nice horse with plenty of wins left in him. Yeah. Uh, there was... Uh, a good run of sort of multiple winners that were going on around the around the traps during the week. Tommy Ison he had four winners at Tamworth on Wednesday, uh, and Blake Hughes had a treble on that same program. So seven, I think there was nine races on the program. What do you do when a bloke's on a on a roll like that, Blake? Well, uh, driving confidence is everything. So they're very hard to beat when um, they're at the top of their game, wherever you are. So yeah, it's when when you're in, everything just goes right for you and. You get the lucky breaks, and that's uh, that's just part of the industry. Uh, they are two two really really promising talents, aren't they? I mean, Absolutely. we don't see them here at, at Menangle a great deal. They're plying their trade up in the north around Tamworth and Newcastle, but you know, just consistently rolling in winners. Yeah, week after week, I think Blake's a really good driver, and Tom Ison, his horse has really run for him. He's quite aggressive, and yeah, his record speaks for itself. Blake sitting sixth in the state drivers. Premiership. That's yeah. how good he's going. He's got 80 wins and he's sitting sixth behind the likes of, you know, the dr- drivers we've talked about like Cam and uh, and Amanda and the like, so, and Jack Callaghan. So he's sitting sixth and he's going to be a force as he uh, gets further into his career. Well, they got plenty of winners. One bloke that I feel so sorry for Brad Elder. Now, on that, that uh, Tamworth card, he finished second in eight of the nine races. There was nine races and he finished second in eight of them. Now the, the other one, he was nowhere close. But have you ever had a day like that, Blake, where you just like – that? I can't believe the poor kid was just nonstop yeah. getting runners-up checks. I could imagine he would have left his heart in that day, but um, second's better than third. But, <laughs> yeah, still, um, yeah, it's quite unique, that, that's for sure. It has to be. Like, have you seen – you've called no. a lot of races, Freddie. Have you seen a, a – driver go on a, on a streak like that not at all uh quite incredible i've seen horses run incredible sequences of placings over a period of weeks but on the one day to have that many second placings uh any more seconds he'd be a clock <laughs> or any more seconds he'd be a minute <laughs> you know it was quite incredible so uh well done to him but uh, as as blake said quite rightly better than running third or fourth or fifth so well done to him yeah good payday regardless i would have yes. thought uh bathurst on friday actually bathurst raced twice during the week so they, they were at friday uh, night meeting as well. Amanda Turnbull had a double there. We that's sort of a given that you think Amanda's going to turn up and, and get a get a handful of, of victories to a belt. Um, but another one of those was Splash of Crimson. That's now five in a row since moving to Amanda. Now it's doing it in the in the sort of the Bathurst and it had a win at Yagara as well. But you got to you got to beat what you're up against, and that, that's pretty good credentials. Can't wait for it to come to, uh, to Menangle. I want to see it at Menangle. Um, I spoke to, as I said, uh, Isabel on uh, Sunday. We And this sequence of five, Isabel actually drove yeah, Splash the first of one. Yeah. Uh, Crimson when it won its first of that five sequence of five. And she said, very nice horse, doing everything right at home, very uh, uh, yeah, non-fuss, gets about the business. But uh, it'd be good to see uh, Splash of Crimson go around uh, here at the big track. 
That was that big space job too, wasn't it? It won by about yeah, when it won by fifty six meters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, all right, Nathan Turnbull had a treble at Bathurst on Wednesday as well. Jack Brown on that same program, he had uh, he had a treble there as well. So, you know, we're doing these in clusters and Jack Brown's a, a really serious talent that we've talked about. A um, little special mention to Harrison Ross. He only had one winner going into the Canberra card um, on Sunday. He managed to get career win two and three there. So, you know, really, really great to see these young emerging talents come off and, and get those little career milestones uh, to their name. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about Burrito's Challenge for you. So as we know, we're getting into the business end of the Burrito's Challenge. It's an exciting time. We see the best of the, the two and three. And, and this year, four-year-olds come through the series. This afternoon here at Menangle, we've got uh, four heats of the three-year-old series. But the two-year-olds have already plied their trade. The four-year-olds are in action on Saturday night. And what comes with that is we're going to be doing barrier draws and so those on the live stream, we've kind of moved a little bit here in the studio because we are actually in the process of setting it up where we're going to be doing barrier draws on, on Saturday night for the Breeders' Challenge. Now, the two- and three-year-olds will have this traditional kind of format where, you know, the barrels and, and the random system of being able to, to work that out and the two-year-olds, that will happen on Saturday night. As I said, the four-year-old draw... The, the series is trapped in a little bit of extra sort of intrigue about it, Freddie. And, and I love what, what we've done here, that if you finish, if you're the fastest horse after the heats, you get the choice of where you start in the barrier draw. You're second, you'll go second. And, and the idea is, is to really incentivise uh, fast racing through the heats. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be intriguing how the barrier draw plays out. Well, it's a, a big move away from traditional heats and final style racing where I guess your first and foremost uh, objective is to qualify. Now, you want to try and make sure you qualify with a good time against your, your, your uh, record so that you can get a, a decent barrier. Bit different to how it's been, Blake. Uh, you, you've been around for you know, well over twenty years, driving and, and of training, of course. Have you ever seen a concept like this? And what do you think? Uh, well, it's something that's utilised in both Europe and America, but never been tried here in New South Wales, that's for sure. But one thing it will do, it'll make the racing in the heats quite exciting. And um, like you could run potentially eighth or ninth in the first heat, but you've gone the quicker time, so you should could still qualify. So. Yeah, it's something from left field, something that I think is probably worth trying and um, see where it leads. I guess the the um, the assumption and the default, Blake, would be, oh, if you're number one, you're probably going to take Barry one. But that's not really how it's likely to play out, is it? Because it just depends on that particular horse's racing pattern. Yeah, absolutely. Some horses begin quicker and drawn wider. And, um, yeah, one necessarily isn't always the best draw. So, yeah, it'll be... Like you said, it's unique and it's it's a change and uh, it's going to create interest, which is something that we're after. Yeah, I think it's going to be intriguing. So that'll happen in this in the studio on Saturday night. The way that you'll be able to see that is live on Sky Racing Active. Uh, so that's going to be, you know, we'll have a, a, an amplified coverage of the Breeders' Challenge events over the next three weeks and, uh, and part of that will be those barrier draws. And I, I think that's going to be... You know, really, a, a crush, the four-year-olds will happen over the next two weeks. So, um, with the with the draws, and I think it's going to be it's going to help frame so much of how grand final night looks like on the 29th of October. How these barrier draws play out, um, which just shapes as one of the great nights in Australian racing. 
It does. Of course, we get to see those juveniles on display and those New South Wales bred talent. There really is nothing better. So I'm really looking forward to it. Should be a great night of racing that final night. Yeah. It, what do you think, Freddie? Because oh, for me, it's one of the great nights. Oh, I've always said it's it's one of my favourite race nights. There's so much intrigue about these young horses in particular, the two year olds, how they've come through and. You know, we've seen upsets in the past. I can remember when She's All Apples won uh, for Jim Douglas and Paul Shipley. At, uh, I think it was 66 to 1 or 100 to 1. Um, it was an incredible performance to come from where it came from. And there was a backstory to that horse's win when uh, driver Paul Shipley, regular driver, had a terrible fall in a heat at Penrith. And in the end, the horse was moved to David Thorne and Jim Douglas drove it. And she became a terrific little race mare through her career. But no one expected it to be to the fore. And we've seen other uh, final series where there's been upsets, things haven't quite gone according to plan. And it's just, I guess, the big stage, the big night, and it just shows that in racing, anything can happen. And, like, when it when it's a big night like that, and, you know, we're talking about six finals, we've got the Lensmith Mile, we've got the JC Caffin Plate, so there's, every, there's a story running through every single race. Do you get up a bit more as a driver and a trainer and, and feel a bit more... Um, and I get a bit more of a buzz turning up at the racetrack? Oh, without a doubt. There's just that atmosphere in the air on them, them big Group 1 nights. And, I mean, that's what everyone strives to achieve is to win a Group 1. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely something all trainers and drivers look forward to. All right. Well, I'm going to pick your brain what it's like to win a Group 1 uh, straight after the break. So there you go, Blake. Straight to it. What is it like to win a Group 1 race? Oh, it's, it's a feeling that's very hard to ex- describe, really, Paul. It's... Um, it's relief, it's just excitement and, yeah, it's just all emotions running through your body, really. Um, you came into the sport. Obviously, you, your family's got um, serious pedigree in this sport. Um, can, you, can you talk us through the early stages? Yeah, well, I, I left school when I was in year 10 and Dad wasn't too keen on it. He wanted me to keep going, but I negotiated with him and I ended up getting a trade as a farrier, actually, and started working at the stables. And I think I was from 16, I started driving at the races and always had that family support, which was a massive help driving. Um, always had a number of drives when I went to race meetings and, yeah, it's always been a big boost for me throughout my, industry, uh, throughout my career. Yeah, talking about those early days there, you obviously grew up in Bankstown when you were younger in the famed Ellis Street and the likes of David Aiken, DJ and J.E. Binskin and Peter Tritton were there. Who were some of those early influences in your career that you really looked up to? Oh, David Aiken, for sure. We actually lived next door to him and he was in his prime at that stage when we were there. And uh, Peter Walsh, he was great also. He's always there to lend a hand. And yeah, Bankstown was really at its peak at that stage. Blake, I've seen over the last probably decade, you, you've really turned your hand to training trotters. It was, wasn't uh, uh, the, the trotting gate wasn't, uh, you know, you weren't over endowed with trotters in your barn, but you've really built up your numbers to the point where you're nearly 50-50 trotters yeah. to paces. You've been involved in the Trotters Association. What, what was the spark for you that you decided, okay, I'm going to give these trotters a go? And, and you've had great success, I must point out. Yeah, um I always had a couple in the stable, mm. but it probably wasn't until I met Pat Driscoll mm-hmm. and I started training for him and I got the opportunity to train a lot of well-bred um, juvenile trotters and I just really enjoyed it. And, yeah, I've just really snowballed from there, really, Fred. So is it still a, almost a 50-50 split? Yeah, probably space? almost. Probably yeah. have a few more paces, but, yep. yeah, there's probably 
there'd be at least probably 40% trotters, yeah. You're, uh, you're turning your hand to the gallops. We're not losing you, are we? No, no, you're not losing <laughs> me, Paul. Um, yeah, it's just something that's probably more of a hobby for me at the moment. And, yeah, I've got around 10 of them in work and, yeah, just something I really enjoy. You've done a ride of it, though, haven't you? Yeah, they've, they've done well. I think we've won 15 or 16 races over the last two seasons and from a small team, mostly all country-grade horses. But, yeah, it's been a real learning curve. It's a nothing compared to winning out here at Menangle. No, different, <laughs> different feeling, I can assure you, when, you, um, when you're not driving them, uh, when you're legging the jockey. Is that hard when, when you're giving control away to a, a, a third party? Uh, definitely, when I've used to driving my whole life and being in control, I guess. But, yeah, it probably took me some time to get used to it. But, yeah, it's, it's probably good in other ways where I don't have the pressure mm. uh, of not riding them. But, yeah, it's a different feeling. So you, you're giving the jockey instructions and you're like, all right, when we score up, I want you off the mobile arm. And then, and then <laughs> yeah. you go, oh, hang on, hang on, wrong, wrong, yeah. wrong sport, wrong sport. I've got to remind myself where I am at times. Yeah. Um, and I guess, Blake, what, what's the – if you could look back at a highlight over the, over the journey, um, you know, you, you, you had those seasons where you were just banking 100 winners, you know, over and over. Is there a particular highlight across the journey that you can talk to? Uh, probably – Probably when I won the Harold Park Premiership as a junior driver, that was a real highlight and something that I strive to do. Um, and obviously your first Group 1 win is the South Australian Cup many years ago now, but yes, it's a night I'll never forget. And you do, we were talking about the gallopers there. How do you balance everything? How do you manage when you've got horses in, say, Maria gallops, mid-angle trots, and you have driving engagements? How do you organise the team? Yeah, it gets technical at times, Jess, but... Um, it's yeah, it's a lot of organising, and I'm lucky I've got good staff around me also. And Lisa, she's a great help at home with, at the stables. She keeps us all under control. But yeah, at times we're going here, there, and everywhere, and yeah, it can get difficult. But yeah, we work ourselves around it. How many have you got in work, both sports? Ah, uh, we've got around thirty paces and trotters, and and the ten gallopers. Right. Okay. You, you've driven over two thousand winners. Uh, what I find an incredible stat, guys, is that Blake in his career has been in the money, either win or place in his career, 41% ratio to drives. I mean, that's for the, for, with the longevity yeah. that Blake has in, you know, enjoyed over 20 years of driving, I think your first season was about 99, 2000. Or, yeah, it was a long time so, ago. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. We were talking before you came on. The incredible thing is we talk about all these young guns like Jack Callaghan and, and Cam Hart and, and uh, Grace Pinella and all these young... You're a young man yourself still at 39. I mean, it's easy to sort of get into the mindset, oh, yeah, Blake's been around that long, you know, yeah. he's, he's, you know... But, but you're still a young man and you're still very competitive in those uh, ranks with those younger... Uh, yeah, drums. I don't feel so young when I'm around <laughs> Callaghan and Cam Hart, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, it's... the. Driving ranks here are really strong at the moment. Like he's touched on, we've got some really good young talent coming through, which is great for the industry as a whole. And you've got the hat on, Fitzpatrick Racing. It really is a team and a family project, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I've got Lisa at home. She's the back, backbone of the stables and the kids are there every day helping. So, yeah, I couldn't do it without them. We keep seeing the Fitzpatrick name run through you know, race fields and, and, and results cards and all, or usually pretty high up on those results cards. Cards too. Um, yeah, well, dad, Paul and it's Gav, a, yeah, Dad and Gavin. It's a credit to Dad. He's mm. really going stronger than ever, and he's got as good a team of horses as he's got. He's now. got a few 
in work at the moment. He's yeah. got a fairly big team. Yeah, he's still buying yearlings every mm. year and still looking for that next superstar. So um, he's still as passionate as ever. It is fantastic to have you on the show with us, Blake, and we do appreciate your time today. No, thank you. Now, I, I sort of I sort of went a little bit askew on, it, on our rundown here, but uh, just the best thing you saw this week. Yeah, I... I thought it was a bit of a Veterans Week out last week at Bathurst. We saw 13-year-old Don Boston back into the winner's circle for the first time since March 2020 in his 43rd career win. And then on the Friday night at Bathurst, 79-year-old Arthur Clancy trained and drove the ringmaster to victory. So... Um, Veterans Week out at Bathurst, and we keep and we're talking about the Calligans and Hearts and that, hey. And then Arthur Clancy mm-hmm. comes along and says, "Right, yeah. stay in your lane, punks." What, what That's a great right. horse, Don is, but oh. and he's that he, he creates that excitement, his racing style, especially when he was at his in his heyday here, yeah. rolling you know twenty, thirty, forty meters in front. There's one thing the racing public love is a tear away, whether it's the dogs, the trots, or the gallops. You know, brought back memories of Scotch and Dry and Lucky launching at the gallops or or Nimble Twinkle at the dogs. Whenever you saw Don Boston rip away and you're thinking, will he keep going or are they going to get him? <laughs> yeah. And often he'd keep going. So, yeah, I, it was great to see him back, Jess. You're it, right. It was. It just goes to show how great harness racing is, no matter how old or how young you are, you can enjoy the sport. Absolutely. What about you, Freddie? I've got to pay tribute to the Menangle track, the track staff. Um, I turned up at the track here on Saturday at a quarter to five, so about an hour and a half before the first race. Um, and I thought, there's no way none we're going to race. The rain was torrential then. I'd driven uh, through torrential rain to get here, and I th- the roads out on Menangle Road, there was water over the road, and I thought, there's no way we'll be racing. Races two and three, the rain was probably even at its, at its heaviest, and yet we got through the night. They were running 151s and 152s, and yep. for the long trip, 154s, and anecdotally, and Blake, you were out there, so we'll get your first-hand impression, but from people I spoke to, they said the track was just unbelievably safe and unbelievably good for racing. And that's hats off to Oe and and Jimmy and all the boys that work on the track. Absolutely. I mean, we're not comparing apples with apples, but let's put it in context. The gallops at Randwick were called off earlier in the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and that's uh, conditions they had their and track surface. Yeah, As I said, yeah. we're not comparing apples no, with but, apples, but, but it shows you what a great job these guys do. Brilliant. It was yeah. a brilliant performance to get through the meeting. I honestly, in fact, the stewards rang to say the meeting was delayed, and I thought, oh, okay, issue with the track. No, it was the ambulance hadn't arrived. So, you know, it was nothing to do with the track. So... Yeah, I, I just thought that was the best thing I've seen because, you know, it's very easy for meetings to be lost. Yeah. But at least everyone was able to earn a coin. The racing was safe. The racing was fantastic, was, really. Yeah. And, and you'd have to you, – you were out there. Oh, the track was as good as it's ever been. And, yeah, like, like you said, full credit to Owen and his staff. It's their job's not always a job that they get the credit they deserve. And, yeah, I, I was with – like you, I thought we were hundreds of racing at the start mm. of the night, but we got through the night without a problem. What about you, Blake? What's the best thing you saw this week? Oh, I was probably with Fred. I was just – Absolutely stunned with the track here Saturday night and the fact that we could race and yeah, I um that was probably my highlight really, Paul. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, I mentioned him before, but you know, seeing Bruce Bruce Harpley just kept racking up winners mm-hmm. down there at Wagga, and it's great to see this sense of achievement. And, and as I said, that we talked about Blake Hughes, we talked about uh, Tommy Ison. Even Brad Elder, you know, we saw these results come in clusters during the week and sometimes that can be a really strong narrative and a great, and a great endorsement for what, what you can achieve in our sport. All right, well, we, have, uh, we do have a big week. We, we've already sort of touched base on, you know, what a big week and, but 
when we say a big week, we're looking at months and months of saying the same thing over and over. I think from here on in, we get into the business end of of uh, Breeders Challenge, obviously on Saturday night. But but that goes to what I guess we see a really important stepping stone this afternoon at Menangle Fred. Yeah, look, some good horses. There's some really good racing this afternoon at the at the meeting, and I'm looking forward to the, the three year old races uh, for the boys. Um, my ultimate Byron. Uh, we've got a very good race, a really good race uh, that that open uh, race with Black Onyx and uh, and Mahomes and the like. It's a it's a beauty. I think my, my ultimate Skeeter might even be in that yeah. one. It's it's a really really good race that one. So um, yeah, looking forward to the meeting overall. Um, that's yeah, my ultimate Byron. It'd be good to see how he uh, fares. Yeah, absolutely. Because Jared's kind of held him back through this series yeah. a little bit, and now yeah. this is obviously it's make or break yeah, uh, for qualification. So. Uh, I'm interested to see how Mahomes goes. Uh, shout out to the the boys in the ownership who turn up here whenever Mahomes is racing in the um, in the Patrick Mahomes NFL jerseys. They they did uh, give me say hello a couple of weeks ago. They were out here watching Mahomes and they said they're enjoying the show. So thanks for your support, boys. I uh, hope the horse they goes well up all the today. time, Paul. Yeah, Every yeah it's great. In yeah. their jerseys. It brings great atmosphere. Even the little ones. They're, they're, they're everyone. It's, just, yeah. it's a great look. It's just Fantastic. What, I'm interested to see how Steno goes. Obviously, Steno got the better of Madrid um, earlier in the year in the APG Group 1. So, you know, maybe we might have a pretty good horse on our hands there, Blake. Yeah, no, she's a very promising filly and be a great match race when they line up in the final together, them two. But just touching on the three-year-old Colts and Geldings, I think they're just exceptionally strong this year. And then throw in Leap to Fame that's already oh. qualified at Tamworth. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be one hell of a final. Yeah, we're going to have lightning finals. That's going to be fantastic. And, uh, and you know, and probably does, as we said that before, we talk about the barrier draws happening in here, but it's going to make that an interesting process because these horses are – just on any given day are probably as good as each other at, and, and so that barrier draw is going to be so crucial and as I said you'll be able to see that on Sky Racing Active uh, there's more Breeders Challenge qualifying at Newcastle and Wagga on Friday of course the JC Caff and Plate is one that'll be on that grand final night on the 29th of October Jess um, we've already seen some of the qualifying that happened at Parks on Friday we saw Royce Gregory and Bruce O'Brien lock their spot in that, that race uh, Michaela Barnes who won it on Inner Dominion night last year is automatically in that field as well. So, uh, you know, that, that I love the, the idea of the JC Caff and Plate and what it does and it, it really is an inclusive process. Yeah, it's one of my favourite races of the year as well. And I think Royce Gregory and Bruce O'Brien have both previously won finals as well and now they qualified from their winning the heats last week. So no doubt they'll be looking to add their name to the 2022 final, but it's just great to see them out here at Menangle and so proud of representing the Indigenous culture. Yeah, absolutely. And Menangle does such a great job with with uh, how that, that is put on. Uh, it's beautifully represented in the museum, not, not far from where we're sitting right now. I encourage anyone, if you, if you haven't been to Menangle before, even if it's not necessarily about even watching a race, make the effort to come and have a look at the museum that's set up here because it's done so well and the Walk of Fame and it's one of the, the, the better exhibitions of the history of our sport and uh, there's a Fitzpatrick or two name on the, on the yeah, wall yeah, in there too, that. which must be nice to see uh, as you stroll through there, Blake. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just it's great that the club's done that and just gives everyone an opportunity to remember the people of the past and to respect what they've done for the industry. A couple of old, old media heads too sitting there. And, uh, hey, what's this old business? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, right, there's a very, very young, sprightly Ryan Feeling photo. Yeah, look, it's it, it, yeah, that media wall was open, I think, for memory 2020. 
um, in the February. It was just before we went into, you know, the, the dreaded C uh, word COVID um, and, and the changes that brought about through COVID. But uh, it was launched here and, uh, you know, the, the media side of it in terms of it's not just radio and TV, but it's the print, the trot guide, um, you know, the photographers. It's just all the people that were involved in media um, and, uh, you know, household names in the race calling ranks like um, Ken Howard, John Tapp, Ian Craig, Ray Conroy, uh, Andy Vincent, who of course called the trots for the ABC um, back in the, the 70s and 80s, David Morrow, it, it goes on. So um, it was a lovely tribute for those that had you know, blazed the trail, as Blake just alluded with uh, you know, his dad's photo with the living legends um, and the legends wall. Uh, it was the same with the wall involved in the media. Yeah, very young Greg Gradley on that wall yeah, too. Yeah, it was great, young, great to yes. have Rad uh, back, back on board with us during the Inner Dominion yes. and uh, early, uh, late last year. Um, four-year-old heats for the Breeders' Challenge and the two-year-old semis on Saturday night. So it really does set up as a great night. The weather gods give us strength. Let's hope that the uh, the rain makes sure that we, we get the, the type of race night, even if the rain's around, that we still proceed like we did on Saturday night. I'm sure that the track staff, as we just uh, gave a good pat on the back, we're always hesitant to give them too many pats on the back. <laughs> aren't we? They just, there's a bit of a strut going on with the boys here today. They know they've done a good job for us on Saturday night and they're going to do another great job here at Menangle. Uh, this afternoon, Bankstown's back on Monday afternoon. Jess, I know you, you spent a bit of bit of time around that track before you came and worked here at Menangle as well. Uh, it's a great day out at Bankstown, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, always love a, ba- a Bankstown Monday afternoon. Uh, nice and close to home as well, which is good. Home <laughs> game, yeah. Yeah, home, home track, yeah. yeah. What do you, what's it like racing over there at Bankstown, Blake? Uh, yeah, it's a real blast from the past actually going back there. But yeah, it's it's been a really good track for a number of years and a great facility, so... It just probably doesn't get utilised enough as it should. Yeah, okay. And the other one, uh, just that we've been talking about the Breeders' Challenge. Uh, we're into episode three tomorrow night, Wednesday night, if you depending on when you're listening to this uh, this podcast. But Wednesday night, 7 o'clock on uh, Sky Racing 2, myself and Brittany Graham will be going back over the week that was in the Breeders' Challenge and having a look at the week ahead. So tune in if you can uh, tomorrow night, 7pm on Sky Racing 2. Okay, black bookers. Now, Jess, you got you got a bit of a bee in your bonnet this morning because you got you, you gave up a so to set the set the um the scene here. Jess threw up a black booker. It's delivered. Freddie does his tips, and Freddie left it out. So these two have had a bit of an arm wrestle this morning. <laughs> Jess won. Fred nil. <laughs> that's, that's all you need to know. Talk us through it, Jess. What did uh, you give us? Black book Zarvan Banner last week and ran second on Saturday night. Just got beat, but it paid three fifty to place and. Freddie over here, he left it out of his tip, so I'm I claiming know. I'm claiming fat finger syndrome <laughs> when I was keying in my tips. I, I think it was number eight, or, I, or not, I can't remember the number now, but I, I've hit the wrong button on the iPad. So I'm claiming I would have put it in. I would have put it in for <laughs> That's third. Right. But anyway, I, you, I thought you were going to clap back and say, "Well, who backs horses to run a hole these days?" Anyway, oh, it's win it. it's, at three fifty. Yeah, yeah, well, well. You know. yeah, play, uh, 350 place better than a while you're sitting there on your mantle, uh, <laughs> what, are you giving us, what are you giving us? Yeah, tell you what, don't you mess this up. <laughs> sorry. I'll be gunning for you yeah. next week. I'm actually heading down to Wagga from last Friday and so much better for David and Blake Mikolev. I thought the, it hit the line really strongly. It hit. It was the quickest final split of the race in 27-7, so that's one I'll be following and maybe Fred follow along as well. I think I'll jump on the, the Jess train. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing tips for Wagga this uh, Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. 
Horse I'm going to follow. I thought it was a terrific run on Saturday and take nothing away from those that uh, were to the four horses like you know, Wolf Stride and, and all those horses. But Jesus Bromack and, of course, you know, inside out, back to front. I think it reminded me of the night he won the uh, the free-for-all here in those horrendous conditions. Oh, it was yes. almost as yeah. bad at the, the time that race was being run and he obviously likes the wet. He, he, he should have a big W <laughs> next to his name, Zeus Bromack, but he hit the line... From last, I think I said in the call on the turn and Stone Motherless was Zeus Bromack and he was powering home and, and uh, I think he's on the way back. He's had, I think that was his, I'm going to say third run back this campaign. I think he's on the yeah. way back, Blake. Yeah, he's getting older now. He's still a stallion. He always takes a few runs to come right. But yeah, he's, you're right, it was quite impressive on Saturday night. Was that free for all that cancelled Miracle, the, the Miracle Mile night that, Ended up getting cut short. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. That was yeah. the it was the race, race before. That yeah. race was they were jumping as the heavens yeah. opened. That was as bad uh, as I've seen. And that was yeah. it was like a, that was almost apocalyptic. It was the most incredible race I've ever called in terms of yeah. Aside from fog where you can't see them, so you're making it up as you go along. Um, but you could see, you could make them out in that rain. But it was it was just incredible. And I, yeah. I, did you drive? Yeah, I was in the race. Yeah. yeah. I've never experienced anything like there you and go. I know we couldn't see a thing, but um, yeah, it was quite. Zeus so come out on top. He did somehow. <laughs> well, he he probably other. thought it was like running in a dry desert here, <laughs> here on Saturday night. Well, he, that. yeah, that's right. He, yeah. he, he went good. Oh, he's a horse to follow. All right, you got anything for us, Blake? What, what's uh, what's in the stable that you can? Got a two-year-old filly qualifying today. Her name's Alabama Miss. So keep an eye out for her in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Alabama yeah. Miss. We've got some trials today too, don't we, Jess? We do. Um, really excited to see Majestic Cruiser. He's trialling from the standing start over the mile. So we know that the New Zealand Cup has been flagged as a target for him. So interested to see how he does step away. I, I think he should be fine, but I guess all will be revealed later this afternoon. Okay. Well, it's been a good show. Plenty of luck. Blake, appreciate you giving up your time. I, I know it's, it, it's challenging on race day, isn't it? I mean, this is a this is a window of time, I guess, where you you've got to get your horses ready for a for a metro midweek. Yeah, Tuesday mornings are always quite hectic, without a doubt. But um, tu- Tuesday and Saturday are probably our two busiest days of the week. Fortunately, you've got that family support that we talked about before. Yeah, we can get you in the chair today. It's just been knocked off an hour early, so yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been great. Hope you don't get docked. <laughs> <laughs> Hope Lisa doesn't dock your pay. <laughs> great having you. Um, to everyone out there who's tuned in, thanks for being with us, Jess. Have a good week. Thank you. Same big, to you. Big afternoon for you this afternoon uh, yep. out there on track. Uh, Freddie, good calling this afternoon. Thank you. Yeah, there's uh, plenty to look forward to, and obviously Saturday night. Um, and uh, Blake, hope you hope the stable goes well for you over. You know, over the what is going to be, you know, one of the most fascinating uh, periods of racing ahead of us, I think, over the next few months. So, yeah, best luck yeah, to everyone you. out there who's tuned in. Thank you to everyone on the live stream. Uh, thanks for tuning in to see Freddie and my new haircuts, and uh, and uh, hopefully you'll be back next week. It um, we'll see what see where the week takes us. So uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.